Hello, and welcome to a Pair of Dice Lost podcasting channel. My name is Brendan, and I'll be your editor for this game. We played and recorded a Pathfinder 2nd Edition one-shot while we were on a break. We have about five episodes of this game, and then another game or two to enjoy before we get back to Exalted. So I'll let our amazing DM Alex explain it. Enjoy! In a small farming village far from the cities of the kingdom, a child vanishes in the night. A group of townsfolk who draw the short straws go to investigate. A witch lives in the woods, but some in the party have secrets of their own. Hey guys, this is Alex, longtime accomplice of the regular crew. I run the Discord, among other things. Unlike everyone else, I live on the West Coast, and one Sunday a few months ago, the usual recording day, I woke up to a string of messages that left the group with no DM for the evening, and in my half-asleep brain, I thought it would be funny to throw a premise I made up on the spot into chat. An hour later, when I checked back hoping for uh, a few amused responses and an emoji or two, I found instead people wanted that premise. They wanted the game to run. So began my six-hour sprint to throw together a game for a bunch of folks unfamiliar with the system, Pathfinder 2. It's far from perfect, but no game that goes from conception to playing in six hours is. I hope you all enjoy an adventure in Havelsgard. We begin in the town of Havelsgard. The ruins of an ancient dwarven fortress loom over the town below, a, a relic of the old dwarven hegemony. Uh, it is a crisp October this year. Harvests are in full swing in the fields, and it's a race against the coming frost. Havelsgard is a small settlement far off from the big cities. The town proper is tucked up against the lone bridge crossing the Snake River for dozens of miles in either direction. Farmhouses and their associated fields of crops and livestock pens circle the town for at least a mile. The old forest lurks beyond. Young Belle Hopkins, a farmer's daughter of about nine summers, has vanished. Her mother, Mara, says that she heard goblin song drifting in from the woods to the north in the morning. Her parents are in a panic, and the townsfolk have taken the disappearance badly. She's the third child in twice as many years to vanish. A mob of townsfolk have gathered, intent on finding the Witch of the Woods, whose room, uh, who rumors swirl around. Perhaps she steals children to prolong her unnatural life. Perhaps she enthralls them to join her coven, or turns them into animals to serve her. The one thing the townsfolk are sure of, the goblins are in league with the Witch. Ultimately, the villagers decide it would be best to send a group of the most capable amongst you to search for the girl. A large mob would likely destroy footprints and warn off the witch. Besides, they need to be home to protect their children come nightfall, or to see that their animals are brought in, or a litany of other excuses. Most of which you know are excuses. Track the goblins back to the witch, rescue Belle if possible, and deal with the witch how you see fit. Our group here is everyone sans Cody for the moment. I'd like you to kind of introduce yourselves. All right. Uh, I'll start us off then. Uh, I am, uh, hello, Brendan here playing uh, Bachland, uh the dwarven uh, historian slash bard. He is uh, an older 
uh, a fairly old dwarf with uh, with a very big, like uh, like bushy red beard and mustache that covers his uh, the entirety of his lower face, like many dwarves. Uh, he his hair is thinning and going gray. Uh, and he's fairly short and stout, uh, again, like many dwarves. Uh, he is sometimes seen in the tavern drinking and singing songs of revelry, uh, sometimes badly, sometimes well. Uh, but he is mostly known around town as the local scholar slash historian. Uh, he essentially, uh, his job in town is essentially to document the goings on of, uh, this town and this, uh, and everything that, uh, is going, uh, kind of going forward in these not so great times. So as to give, uh, give a record and maybe some advice for future generations is at least how that he says it. Cool. Um, my name is Britt. I am playing Kiara Maros. She is a half elf herbalist cleric who kind of dips her toes into occult stuff. She is about maybe five foot nine and has kind of medium medium to long length brown hair typically kind of pulled back just so it's out of the way and she's typically wearing um like a long flowing like dress not necessarily anything like super extravagant and then she's got a wooden religious symbol that she has this is Tyler I'm playing Denick Bloomberry today uh, I'm playing sort of a, a half-elf scholar who's kind of uh, grieving. Um, anyone who's been in the town for a long time would have kind of seen him around. Uh, his wife recently died last winter, and he's very much kind of kept in his house since then, kind of been reclusive, kind of a tall, gaunt guy. Uh, skin's probably a few good bit paler than it was from not going outside. He's often seen around, like, Purchasing odds and ends books. Um, when his wife was alive, he helped her as a gardener. They had a, had a like a gardening thing they did, and he's kind of just seen out and about occasionally, like with his his wife's old shovel, just uh like tending bushes and shrubs along his property. Other than that, he kind of keeps to himself, other than occasionally venturing out. Uh, I'm Chris, and I am playing Etta Zen. She's a little gnome fighter who used to, you know, fight on front lines for different defenses and kind of came here to retire. She's a former uh, field medic as well. Uh, You can usually see her just kind of roaming around town, uh, moving her little legs here and there. Uh, She's got a shaved head with full sleeve tattoos on each arm. Um, and she looks like she's just going to kick your teeth in, which she could, but she's also going to, you know, tend to your wounds as well. So the four of you have ended up as the group heading out into the woods. Uh, it might be that you are the best amongst the village. It might be that 
a lot of you are the eldest amongst the village. And uh, in some ways, you know, you don't have young children to tend to. You don't have connections like others. And so the risk, in a way, is less for you. But regardless, you have taken on the task of going in search of the witch. And as you head off into the woods, it is about midday. How would you like to go about this? You you know that um, there was goblin song heard near near the in the woods near the house of the uh, missing girl. Um, other than that, it's you don't really have much else to go on. I would want to like start over by the girl's house. Is it located like close to the woods, or is it? Uh, relatively, yes. Um, the road that runs through the town out to other communities and eventually the large city um, runs past their house. And uh, the town is basically on the south side of this road, and the forest is on the north side. Was she taken from her home, or was she like out and about? She disappeared in the night. That's about all you know. Dennett kind of like moves uncomfortable, uncomfortably as he speaks up. Well, I uh, maybe we should check her home first. Maybe she was taken, or maybe there's at least signs from around the home. Uh, yeah, that's that's what I would have suggested too. Maybe we can look for footprints or anything that might be like disturbances. Yes, signs of the foul goblins should would certainly be found possibly near their home. All right. So, um I know you guys aren't as familiar with Pathfinder 2, so if you do have questions, let me know. Um I do want to throw out one or two things real quick. One, um, everyone has something called it called a hero point. This is something you can use at any time throughout the session. Um, you can use it to re-roll um, a d20. You can use it as kind of like a rule of cool thing where you want to do something that kind of doesn't quite work in the rules, but it just sounds cool and you want to roll with it. Um, you can spend it for that. Um, also, if you just have questions about the system or you're feeling a little unsure, um, skills are a great place to look if you're doing out-of-combat stuff. Um, and other than that, I'll let you go do it. Yeah, actually, I, I do have a question. Uh, how do you, how do you uh, gain hero points then? Basically, by doing something notable. Um, so I, I have it basically, if you do something that's just like kind of crazy and unexpected, if you do something that I don't know that it works necessarily great in a one shot, but in my larger campaigns, if you do something that is true to your character, that's going to put you or the rest of the group in kind of a worse situation, if that makes sense, where it's like role play over being like efficient. Oh, so if I decide to identify as drama tonight, then... Yeah, I mean, you might. <laughs> it just depends what what you do, kind of. 
Um, I know this is probably a pretty complex question, but uh, at least break down of how wizard spells work. <laughs> like, like slots. Okay. I mean, you, you have you have spells picked? Yeah, some of my spells are picked, but I'm to understand they're not all prepared. I can only pick a couple each day. Right, okay. Um. So... So, yeah, I, I do know historically they have more spells known than they have spell slots per day. But let me find that. If you want to keep chugging along, I can I can do a little research. I just didn't know if you knew offhand. Yeah, you would think I would. Um, at first level, you have you can prepare up to two first level spells and five cantrips each morning. Well, three, which we are. It looks like you can have three first level and two second level and five cantrips prepared. Um, oh, then, so I just get all those. Interesting. Okay. Uh, I guess so. Plus your bonus from your chosen school of magic. Um, and I, I, okay, I think I see now. I think this is what I have prepared, and I can find or study other spells and write them in my book. Right, right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so what I have is what I have right now, pretty much. Yeah. Oh, uh, okay. I, I see where the difference is between uh, D&D and Pathfinder here. I'm looking at it. So, like... If you wanted to cast, uh, so you have to prepare each spell specifically. So, so if you only have like, if you have four level one spell slots, and you only prepared uh, magic missile once, you only have one use of magic missile. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That that's, I mean, that's a prepared caster for you. Um, Interesting. Yeah, so the difference being, like, a sorcerer is a spontaneous caster, where, like, they know fewer spells, but they if they know Magic Missile, they can use all their level, I don't know, whatever it is, level one spells on Magic Missile if they Yeah, they have, they have a pool. I have literally what I put in my bag. Yeah. Every exactly. morning. Okay. Now, secondary small question. The, um... The staff nexus thesis that I picked, I think, just holds one additional cantrip and first level spell slot. But I have to put it in there by expending those spell slots. So, like at the end of the day, I can, if I have extras, I can fill that up, and it'll have I'll have it for the next day on top of my normal prepared stuff. Um. So you get the prepared spells according to just the the core class, plus one extra cantrip and spell from your chosen school. Um, of each level you can cast if you are a specialist wizard. Right. Um, so, yeah. Those are like a designated spell slot, essentially. For those. Well, this is aside from the the school cantrip and spell that I get. This is oh, like okay. the thesis thing that I took. So they have a couple, and the one I pick is, is a staff. That's what my, my, um, my shovel is. Sure. And that it's like a it like it can store one cantrip in one for a soul spell, but they don't replenish by themselves. I have to like put extras in at the end of the day, if I have right. Them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that, I'm, that, I'm just making sure I have it right. Yeah. Sorry, that makes sense. You guys head over to the house um, of the what's the name of it? Um, the Hopkins family, the Hopkins. where the girl disappeared from. Um, and how would you like to go about? Looking for stuff. What what are you looking for? Uh, probably do a quick search of the uh, perimeter first. Like, see if there's like boot prints in the mud or like a scuffle. 
someone being dragged? How close? How close is the house to the woods? Stuff like that. Sure. Uh, do do a perception check for him. And by the way, uh, initiative uses either perception or stealth in this. Usually, uh, perception. So, what is perception on here? Because on my sheet, there's not an actual listing for the skill perception. Yeah, so perception, because it's listed as initiative, um, it's a little different in this. So, it's actually, like, if you're using the path builder thing, it's in a slightly oh, different spot. Yeah. So, you, are you just automatically proficient with it? Yeah, different classes have different scalings on proficiency, so it's not a skill you can like choose to put points into. That's handy. Yeah, because everyone and, wants it. Yeah, right. And it's also your default for rolling initiative. You would only use stealth if you're basically sneaking up on people and getting the surprise round. So pretty much just a d20 plus the uh, modifier. Yeah, d20 plus modifier. Uh oh, there's not a D20 option in the dice channel. Uh, I just did slash roll D20 plus whatever, and it worked for me. Yeah, you have to do slash roll. Okay. I forgot Tyler doesn't play D&D with us, so he only uses the one for Exalted. 24. Nice. Um, alright. So, um... Yeah, uh, you find um, the house is basically just a dozen feet removed from from the main road. Just just enough that they can park a little cart there or something like that. Um, the road itself is probably twenty feet wide, um, and there's a little. Uh, like a little berm thing, and then it's immediately the forest there. Um, around the house, there are all sorts of footprints. This is, I mean, it's it's somewhere where people live. Um, you do notice in all that that um, the the little back window, which is kind of where her room or sleeping area would be. Um, is uh, it's it's been like pulled out of the frame a little, and then pushed back in. Uh, I was going to say that while that he's investigating, I'm going to go sure. up to the door and like knock and see if that I can get any information out of the uh out of the out of the, her family, like see if there's anything that they missed. Yeah. Um. Yeah. You. You basically don't even have to knock i mean everyone in town and them especially are you know kind of in a, a mess they're you know they're basically loitering around the front door kind of you know curious and fearful and all that um knowing that you know with the rest of town that you guys kind of were selected or elected or conscripted to uh or volunteered, kind of, or volunteered um, to search for their daughter, and obviously they they want answers, but they want to help as much as they can too. Uh, so they're they're there and they're ready to talk. Hello, uh, Mister and Missus Hopkins. 
I promise that we'll do the best that we can to help find your missing daughter. Uh, I was wondering if maybe you could answer some of my questions. Uh, was there anything odd about the uh, about what had happened uh, when it, she went missing that night? I, uh, uh, Alex, real quick question for you: uh, Is goblins are are goblins like a common thing to us in this area, or is it like a weird, like uncommon thing? So. The local, uh, I guess, the lo- the local feeling or experience with goblins is, um, sorry, Kathleen Terrace. Yep, sounds like a goblin, all right. Um, go- gobl- people associate goblins with um, the Fey and, more specifically, the Witch of the Woods around here. Um, they are widespread in the the land at large um but yeah if you're okay. asking if there's any goblins that are like civilized and living amongst the town or something no okay uh i, I was more seeing if it, it was common to have uh not maybe not common to have encounters with them but like that we know that goblins are in the area and maybe have like a general idea of what that they do um, yeah, goblins are known to be in the area, specifically, again, the woods. What they do, um, people, the woods are ba- basically, like, kind of steeped in superstition. Um, it's somewhere that, you know, like, the huntsmen will sometimes go, obviously, if you need lumber, like, they'll chop a tree down here and there, but, um, it's somewhere that that people don't necessarily want to go. This is a an old growth forest. This is it's not clean and clear undergrowth. Um, and the goblins find it to be home. Um, so they they know goblins go there, and sometimes they they do come to the edge of town. Um, rarely during the day. So it's something that they're like you know they're there, but you're not generally seeing them necessarily. Um, okay. Yeah. 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 I'm, I'm picking up. Okay. Yeah. So I'm just going to ask him, was there anything particularly odd about this encounter with the local witches cohorts, the, the, the goblins of the woods? I know that we don't see them as often, but... I do have records that I can pour over regarding their activities to see if anything odd occurred. Mrs. Hopkins uh, responds um, that while basically while she's heard the goblins do their little singing and chants on occasion before, as most people in the town have, uh, she last night they basically they were they they were kind of chanting and singing and it was kind of coming and going through for like three four hours um in the the early morning hours before dawn um so they they were around longer than normal um but they didn't really think anything was amiss um 
She said uh, the husband comments that he slept a little fitfully, had kind of bad dreams. But it was... They didn't realize anything was amiss until after dawn when they got up to take care of the animals. Hey, Alex. Yep. There's not really... Uh, with inconspicuous way to ask this. Can I... Uh, into their into their home through that window. Yeah, I mean, sure. Are you trying to do it without being noticed? Sure. <laughs> okay. Um. Then yeah, I'll have you roll a stealth check. Sounds good. Do I need to like do anything to get through the window so that it's already kind of pulled out? It. I mean, it is. You already found that it was loosened. Um. So you already have the understanding of how it functions. Okay. Are you trying to see how easy it is to get through it without being seen or something? Kind of. Proving a point. <laughs> <laughs> he did it. 23. Nice. So let me ask you something. Um, are you trying to just be unnoticed by them? Or are you also trying to be unnoticed uh, by... Bachland, who is standing talking to them at the front door. Where is the room in 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 relation it's to a, the front I mean, door? Okay. It's a fairly small house. Um, it's probably like, I mean, you do have a line of sight, but it's it's at an an angle, so it's not like super obviously right there. So I can kind of hear them talking then. Sure. Yeah. Uh, Bachland can see me. That's fine. Okay. Then I would say that you slip in unnoticed. Um, you pull the the window, you know, pull the window out, and are able to slip through the window uh, easily. Window frame. So are they like they're like facing out from the house, yes. talking to Blockley, yeah, and I'm like they're on essentially the like on the little step or porch or whatever. Is their door closed? Uh. What door? The front door? Yeah. No, it's open. They just stepped out. They were inside. I'm just going to walk up behind them and kind of like tap my shovel on the ground. I'm not like right behind them. I'm like a couple paces away. Okay. <clears throat> uh, uh, God, why? I wish I could remember these names. It's not sticking in my head right now. Hopkins. Um, yeah, thank you. Usually I have more time to like drill it into my head. Yeah, Mrs. Hopkins kind of jumps a little startled and turns around and uh you know it sees you and realizes it's you know you're not someone totally alien to them or anything, but how did you get get in here? Oh gracious, I'm I'm so sorry. And it gives kind of like uh, a weak smile. Your uh, <clears throat> her window was pulled open. Um, the color kind of drains from her face. I can show you. Uh, Mr. Hopkins um, takes you up on that and follows you to the room. He kind of just walks up and with like the handle into his shovel, just kind of like pushes the window open. Mm-hmm. Easy enough to fit through. Yeah. Um, Mr. Hopkins 
doesn't <laughs> it was a perfect window of sound um mr hopkins he he seems a little like at a loss for for words um it takes him a moment but he says i it was locked how uh can i couple questions so i yeah. have i think i have the skills to determine if it was truly locked because i have sure. thievery and i have a cult yeah uh, which of those would you prefer um if you are trying to figure out like the mechanics like mechanically uh focused on this then thievery if you're looking for magic then a cult uh, i'll start mundane and work out okay 14. It was a pretty simple latch um, when you're looking at it. Uh, uh, it it basically it it's like the the latch is where it's like lined up a couple holes and you would like stick a pin in it. Right. It's not really like locked. It's just physically impeded. Um the the pin is missing i guess does it look like it was like forceful no it it doesn't it it there's nothing about it that looks broken or or forced or anything it just looks like there's no pin in it so it could open a pretty simple mechanism for a lock but not a lot of no force was used here. In fact, there's not even the mechanism isn't even whole. It's a piece missing. Uh, Alex, I, I assume be, because this is how locks work that the locking thing is on the inside. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah, I, I I started saying that, and then my brain went, "Why? Why would it be on the outside? Whatever." Um, <laughs> yes, it's on the inside. So then, if it was taken out like that, then this implies that maybe the goblins or even the witch herself came here and possibly tricked young Miss Hopkins into opening the window herself and leaving of her own accord, so to speak. Are, are you addressing that to someone in particular? Uh, Tyler uh, or uh, yeah. Denick, as well as uh, the Hopkins. Has uh, had young Miss Hopkins been uh, having any uh, issues of late? Had she been uh, having dreams, nightmares, this kind of thing? I, I find that sometimes it is. Uh, sometimes these things can be linked together to, for for bad omens and the like. And Mrs. Hopkins' uh, response. Yes, in fact, uh, she's she's been having nightmares off and on for a week now. Um, not every night, but uh, certainly three times now. Um, it's it's not she she's old enough that she doesn't wake us, but in the morning she 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 often tells me. Um, she slept terribly and had dark dreams. Did she recount to you the happenings? Uh, she could never remember the, uh, the details. It was always kind of that 
tip of the tongue, tip of the mind. Just like trying almost. to hold water in your hand. Exactly. Uh, at, at this note, uh, Bachland has taken out like a uh, like a small journal and uh, a, a quill that he keeps on him at all times, as any good historian would, and uh, begins jotting it down, uh, kind of uh, objectively, I should say. And you, Mister Hopkins, do you remember your dreams? Um, <laughs> my dreams, uh. No, I don't. Um, I think I've felt that that my my terrible sleep has really been down to the pain in my shoulder. Uh, every everyone would pretty much be familiar with uh, the fact that um, he basically like fell in the field, got like had an accident while plowing, and has has received some some magical healing but um it it's apparently still bothering him magical healing can do indeed same with field work like field medic stuff yeah mm-hmm. yeah in my in my main games i basically tell people that are healing like Magical healing only gets you so far. Like, if someone has, like, you know, a really bad injury, has crushed limbs or whatever, like, you can't just fix it with magical healing. It's still going to take time and resources. Like, magical healing will make it faster. But. Any visitors lately? No, no one. Just, just us, the people in the village. Come now, come now, Denik. Uh, I, I believe that the Hopkins know better than to court uh, strange old women or weird old ladies coming down the road, especially considering how close that they live. Alex, I'd like to cast Detect Magic, if I can. Oh, sure, um, yeah. And I'd like to use Conceal Spell while I do so. Oh, okay. Um, what, how does Conceal Spell read? Uh, hiding your gestures and incantations within other speech and movement, you attempt to conceal the fact that you're casting a spell. The next action you use is to cast a spell, attempt a stealth check against one or more observer's perception DCs. Yes, yeah, okay, and roll roll a stealth and do your thing. Sure. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm I'm going to so perception DC is that just like a thing that I have on my sheet then, or is that a I, um, I roll yeah? So them? perception DC. So I mean, generally that's versus. Um, so perception. Well, any any sort of skill DC or something like that is going to be ten plus your basically your it's skill like modifier. Passive perception, right? Yeah, basically. So for you as a player, it's probably relatively high. Um, NPCs, you know, especially random farmers, um, probably don't have a huge amount of wisdom or. Point 21. Of they seem unaware. Um, Brendan, what's your... Uh... My perception is a plus eight, so I assume then that my perception DC is an 18. Yep. Okay. So, so um, I am also unaware. Yes. So no one seems aware of your spell. Um, 
where are you pointing this spell? Uh, let's see if there's, like, anything residual on, like, the window or the room. I'll kind of, like, turn over to look at the room real quick and, like, wing the spell at the window. Okay. Um, let me think about this for a second. Um, Oh, shit, you've already made him go have to look out a window. (laughs) There's a window right in front of me. I'm always looking out a window. It's behind my monitors. I know, it's so useful. <laughs> yeah. You don't have to go anywhere. It's good to have your contemplation at the ready. Yes, indeed. Um, there is a touch of um, enchantment magic in the room. Uh, specifically, um, her pillow. He kind of like turns away from the conversation and lets Bachlin continue and goes and investigates the pillow. <laughs> okay. Um, I mean, by, by, I mean, roll a perception check, I guess. Okay. And he's just gonna try to, like, play it off. Like, he's, like, being a weirdo and is admiring the quality of the pillowcase. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Typical old man behavior. Um, all right. What'd you get? 23. I mean, it's, it's by and large, it's, you know, it's a kid's pillow. Um, it's, it's stuffed with feathers. Um, it's got some, you know, some drill marks or whatever. Um, but in addition to, um, a child's head indentation on it, um, there also seems to be a smaller indentation, um, kind of like right next to, um, and kind of near the bottom of the pillow, like closer to the foot of the bed, um, smaller indentation on the pillow. And as you look at it, um, you notice a, a few strands of short curly hair, maybe just an inch long. Um, kind of golden brown, maybe. I'm going to let uh, Rockland and, and company continue. I don't want to hold the spotlight. I mean, I, I'm basically just getting any kind of information that I can from talking to them, since I am kind of the, the, the talky character here. Um, but if there's nothing more besides what we've done, I think that the other people... Here, or, or well, I guess Brit at this point, since we have not found Cody yet, uh, could could maybe see about finding more stuff about goblins if they wanted to. Yeah, I mean, you guys are all all there. You're all welcome to dive in or find other things to do. Or it's up to you. I'm mostly just looking around outside, seeing if I can find anything worthwhile, since they're. Right. Then roll a uh, roll a perception check for me up there. You need one one d twenty plus. Dude, that command yeah, works for me. That's very odd. This is why maybe, I don't use uh the Discord not, when I'm rolling dice usually. Yeah, maybe maybe it doesn't recognize it because you're on a phone. No, because I've rolled on my phone before. When you type in slash roll and then put the space, does it does like the little window pop up? Yeah, you yeah. Might have I've, I've 
I found a way to work around it, so let's see if this works. Okay. Nat 20. Hot damn. Hell yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, so, okay, I'll bring this up now since we're, we got that. Um, so how crits and crit fails work in uh, Pathfinder 2. Um, so a nat 20 is going to... Wait, let me back up a second. There's four four levels of, of response. There's a critical failure, a failure, a success, and a critical success. Uh, whether it's an attack or a skill or whatever. A nat 20 takes whatever you have and bumps it up by a level. So almost guaranteed a crit success. A nat 1 does the opposite. Beyond a nat 1 or nat 20, if you succeed or fail a DC by 10 or more, that will also bump you up into crit success or crit failure. Just okay. so you guys know. I'm just looking around for footprints. Because um, they mentioned that the, the, do- the window was loose, so maybe they got in that way. Uh, seeing if there's like... Because you said there was like kind of a little bit of woods around the area, correct? There, uh, yes, there's definitely woods. Um, on the other uh, side of the road is the big old forest. Yeah, so see, so seeing if they're like they're inside, so I'm just meandering about, seeing if there's like broken branches or it looks like someone came through the area, just things that don't look normal traversing patterns. So as you're searching around, um, <clears throat> you find a set of what seem like footprints. They have like the cadence of footprints, but are pretty much unlike anything you've ever seen before um yeah um they are kind of circular but irregular um kind of a little elongated um but they don't have any real like definition to them um they're they're rather small and as you follow them from the house across the road, um, as you come to the first branches, uh, you find a few small, uh, curly, kind of golden brown uh, threads uh, caught in a little bramble. And just for uh, the sake of trying to give you a little more description, um, the f- the footprints as as it were um they have the cadence of something that is pretty small um there there's a lot of them they're you know fairly close together uh there's probably like four for every two of a normal human size uh they're probably even a little close together for gnome size I was say, does it look like they went towards the house and then away from the house, or is there one See, particular that's the thing direction? I can't really tell because there's no. It's not like foot shaped. It's kind of like just slightly oblong, circular. Okay. Yeah. But there's just one set. There's just one set. Almost like I don't know. There was a small pirate with two peg legs. Like I. I <laughs> it was most. It was mostly a like. <laughs> Oh, either something went one direction, either oh, away yes, from yes. the house it, it or only, to it, the house. Right, or, there's only one like, set. It only crossed the road once, whichever way it was going. Yeah. 
I just want to make yeah. it because it's like it's either they went one direction or it like went in its exact footprints on the way back. So it only <laughs> looks like it went one direction. No, it, it didn't do that. <laughs> I will promise you that with a nat 20 perception. <laughs> then it kind of takes a few steps forward and squats down and picks up the hair on the ground. Mm-hmm. Does your daughter have a doll? Yes. Um, where Where is her uh, her teddy bear? Uh, I'll thing for goblins to take. Don't you think? Uh, yes, uh, unless uh, she she feels it keeps her safe. Maybe she grabbed it in a moment. She always carries it around. Buckland, do you have anything else? Do you feel adequate in a conversation? I feel that without any other tools or divine intervention that we have come to the point at which that we must go into the forest. So, no, there's nothing more that can be gained here, I believe. Uh, soon we shall return with your daughter, Mr. and Mrs. Hopkins. Oh. Thank you. Um, and she, uh, she, 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 uh, goes to the kitchen, comes back momentarily with an apple for each of you. Please take this. Um, you know, I, I want to give you something to help you, help you on, on the way. Uh, we'll pray for all your safe returns. A gift. Well, I won't. Far be it from me to to uh, not take you up on this. And he takes the apple and kind of shines it on his uh, on his shirt, and then takes a bite out of it. <laughs> Delightful. Been a long time since I've had a fresh apple. I'll cherish it for a special time. Thank you. Uh, and with that, you are uh, free to regroup with everyone else. And then Brendan kills over dead because it was a poison apple. Surprise. <laughs> it was the mom all along. I think I have a spell for that, Brendan. I got you. Oh, sweet. Thank you. It's been so long since I've had a fresh apple. I'll cherish it till it's no longer fresh. Then I can eat it. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, she probably gave you a slightly odd look for that, but whatever. So, um, you all regroup outside and find um, that uh, it's Etta, right, Chris? Yeah, Etta. Yeah, so Etta is across the road, up the berm, checking out some something in the bushes over there. Apparently there's sirens in the distance. That's neat. Kiara would have been just kind of doing the same thing Ed is doing, like searching around outside, looking for signs of direction they went. Maybe uh, recounting some of her maybe occulty knowledge on witches or goblins for maybe a reasoning behind the kidnapping. Okay. Um, then I guess we're only in a cult check. Jesus Christ, all right. Cops are wondering if you're here for some reason. No, no, paramedics. It's good. Six. (laughs) Man, I don't know. There's too many cops in my town. (laughs) Uh, 
There's a pair, like, an ambulance rolls through, followed by four cop cars, which I'm like, anytime there's anything to do with the cops, there's always, like, four cop cars that all run by because they have nothing better to do. They, they all rush over to whatever's happening. I got a 17. 17. All right, cool. The witch basically... In terms of occult magic, there's quite a few things you could do. Um, Occult magic is the dealings of um, basically fey magic, magic that is bargain-based, and often there is a price for such magic. Um, So... That is one plausible explanation for what you might do with uh, a child. Um, perhaps it is a trade, uh, a trade with a greater being. Perhaps it is just fuel for a spell. Um, there are the rumors that have gone around town um, that she, you know steals children to prolong her life in some form or that she enthralls them to serve her or turns them into animals for some reason. Basically there's, there's lots of varying rumors. Anything Um, that, um, is more a, that seems more valid than a rumor. Anything that's like maybe come up more than once. Not necessarily. Um, the townsfolk haven't had a much interaction with the witch. Um, the one thing that is a little more solid is it does seem like the witch has lived a pretty long time, at least compared to you know normal humans. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, I would. Uh relay this information to everyone as I see them. Okay. Um, Derek's gonna kind of <clears throat> walk over in your Edda. Anything? These prints don't look normal. I, I'm not sure. And she's just gonna kind of point to the ground and do like a finger measurement to show like trace them. It's like these these aren't normal looking. I'm not quite sure what they're from. Uh, but they head into the woods. But there's only one set. I'm not sure if it's coming or going or it, what's on with it. He kind of squats down and contemplates for a second and then snaps the teddy bear. Why would a teddy bear be walking around? Uh, how much bigger do these prints look than a standard teddy bear? I mean, or it looks any. kind of teddy bear-ish size. Like, it looks small-ish. Like, if teddy bears had footprints, this is what they'd look like? Yeah, kind of. Um, <laughs> I mean, it might be a little bit, you know, bigger than the average teddy bear or something. But, yeah, I mean, it's not... Yeah. <laughs> It's it's perfectly believable that 
a teddy bear, if it could walk, would leave those size prints. Janik, are you suggesting that the teddy bear of young Miss Hopkins uh, unlocked the window from the inside and uh, took her into the woods then? It would make for a great story, for sure. Your word's not mine, but right now it's all I have. Well, maybe we should just go ahead in and see where it leads, because that's all we have to go on right now, unless you guys found something helpful inside. The girl's been having bad dreams lately, but could never recall what they were. The window was pried open, but the pen and the lock wasn't there. Certainly curious. Maybe you're right. Let's get going. You guys plan to follow the footprints, right? Uh, I I certainly do. These seem like the best lead to find uh, Miss Bill Hopkins. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Then roll a survival check to track. Whoever, I mean, you can all do it, really. Survival. Survival. Listen here, sir. I'm just a simple country bard. I don't know how to do this survival. (laughs) (laughs) I got a good survival. Let's see. Brent, you always have a good survival. I am an herbalist. Oh, you hear that? The bard doesn't have survival. Eighteen. Twenty-two. Um, alright. Um, twenty-five. You are, you're, I mean, you already know where the tracks are. You're able to follow them relatively well. It helps that occasionally you find more of those curly threads, um, caught on, on various things. You, as a group, um, track these tracks for the better part of an hour and a half before um, you spy up ahead um, a yeah, a teddy bear that looks to be about I don't know um, foot and a half to two feet tall um, and yeah, Cody, would you like to describe your character? Get oh down. my <laughs> god! <laughs> Oh, perfect. <laughs> Never change. Stay gold, stay gold and pony boy. I'm Cody, and I'm playing Sir Fluffington III, first of his name, protector of children, vanquisher of the nasties, defeater of darkness, and the bringer of cuddles. The, 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 the third of his name? No, Sir Fluffington III, first of his name. Doesn't have to make sense. I was named by a child, sir. <laughs> right. Oh, it's good. Uh, so you see before you a little lion-shaped uh, teddy bear doll that appears to be wearing a uh, breastplate fashioned out of some sort of soft light metal, like it was a uh, make-believe breastplate for a children for a child. Um, holding a wooden shield and a stick that he's holding almost like a sword swinging at the underbrush.
Thank you for taking the time to enjoy our show. If you liked what you heard, why not leave a review or tell a friend about us? It helps get the word out about the work we put into this show. If you wanted to ask us any questions, you can contact us through Twitter at a pair of dice lost or email at a pair of dice lost at gmail.com. The theme song for this game is Horrorific by Kevin McLeod, used under a Creative Commons license. And for making it this far, remember to refresh those hero points. Thank you.